AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host, Bar Kelly, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Today, our guest is Brian D'Alessandro. Brian is Head of Data Science for Spark Beyond. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Our pleasure. Um, so, Brian, please start with a little bit of background of yourself, what your role is, and, and a little bit about what Spark Beyond does. I've been a data scientist for, I guess, a decade, but my career spans close to two now. I was just uh, doing this work before it was called data science. Uh, probably just by virtue of timing, one of the first data scientists in New York in the sense that I was the first person I knew that actually had the title of data science starting back in 2009. Um, and uh, since since officially a data scientist, I've been uh, most, my career is mostly focused on managing and leading teams. So I've worked uh, I tend to favor smaller startups, uh, so I've uh, been an early employee or first data scientist for a few now and have uh, helped grow the organization through data science and grow the data science team as a result through the growth of the organization. Thank you for that. And that leads you to your to your role here at Spark Beyond. So for anyone listening who's not familiar with the company, please shed some light on, on some of the interesting work you guys are involved in. Yeah, so first let me give a high-level overview of Spark Beyond. It's an Israeli-based tech startup company. We're about five years old uh, with uh, operations globally. So we have hubs in North America, which is New York, London, and Singapore. Spark Beyond, at its core, is a platform. It's a research platform. We actually uh, are working on multiple types of research platform. The mission is to... Uh, it's, a, it's a rather lofty uh, statement, but it's harness the power of collective intelligence to solve the world's most complex problems. And one way we do that with our core platform called the ideation machine is it's a, it's a, it's, it's like a search, search engine for hypotheses and translating that to a traditional data scientist machine learning workflow is we have a system that can automatically generate millions of features, right? So, um, we can connect your data set to uh, multiple third-party data sets that uh, we've indexed, uh, so doing all this automatically. And once you have your features uh, designed, defined, uh, analyzed, we can connect that to the actual model building process. So it's an end-to-end platform for understanding your data, understanding the ph- phenomenon driving signals, um, and can build state-of-the-art machine learning models based off of a very unique and expressive system of explicit feature engineering. And it's all done with an eye towards transparency. We want to focus on, you know, where where deep learning is a technology that's quite powerful because of its implicit feature engineering. Uh, We have a system that takes a different approach, which is explicit feature engineering and delivers to you both a model and uh, a way to understand your data and a way to create insights that, you know, of course, give transparency towards the whole process, but also 
uh, hopefully helps the analyst have a better understanding of the data or the processes at hand. And with that transparency and understanding comes trust in the technology, which would make for more uh, yeah. wider adaptation. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, could you give some recent examples of, of real case application uses, whether it by industry or particular clients where you've impacted a business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got use cases across you know, a few, uh, several dozen industries. So we're a general purpose platform. But we tend to have, I would say, favorites. In particular, we are quite sought after in what you might call traditional industries. And these are industries that you know, have been doing business for hundreds of years, perhaps. Uh, they tend to be regulated. They tend to, I would say, have to make higher stakes decision. And uh, like by a high stakes decision, I mean, you know, an ad, if you serve an ad to the wrong person, chances are no one even notices, right? You might lose a bit of efficiency and money, but, you know, the Googles and Facebooks, right? Although they might, you know, they, they're high stakes players, but a lot of their core decision making through AI is just very low stakes. Now, if you think about administering a clinical trial with a pharmaceutical company or uh, granting life insurance or determining if uh, uh, wire transfer, like a large denominal, denominated uh, wire transfer from a bank is fraud, these are very much high stakes types of decisions where like lives and large sums of money are, are at play. And so we're, um, we, we tend to have high penetration in these types of organizations. And back to what we were just saying, I think transparency and trust are some of the core drivers of that. Like while predictive accuracy is generally always sought after, it's not necessarily at the expense of understanding the underlying drivers of the model. And that's, you know, very often an explicit constraint when dealing with regulators, right? They want to know exactly why and how the, the machine is making decisions. And so uh, with our platform, you know, the, you know, the, the automated aspect is like a sought after feature in and of itself because it's saving time and uh, helping people do more with less. Uh, but the actual output being fairly transparent and easy to interpret, right? And in various ways makes it uh, a very desirable product for some of these uh, types of institutions. Absolutely. And it certainly helps them accelerate and, and, and uh, modernize their, mm -hmm. their traditional business models. Um, with the area that you're operating in and, and as it's generalist and it gives you options to, to impact so many different industries, where do you see the biggest impact that Spark Beyond can have over the next three to five years? The biggest driver of impact I think is less AI and it's the methodology around AI. I think, you know, methodology, particularly agile methodology and agile thinking is uh, very much enabled by software, right? And if, uh, you know, the, the three things that I think most data science teams need, and I think a lot of data science teams lack, particularly outside of technology, software companies, um, is a process, processes that have collaboration, agility, and transparency. Right? And the collaboration side is uh, you'll, you'll frequently find a Fortune 100 company with 100,000 employees globally having what you call like the data science or AI center of excellence. And what this means is there's, a, there's an office in one part of the country with a lot of brilliant people um, who have access to the global data sets. Um, and they're solving problems often for an operations or marketing team or product team in a completely different country. So there's a, 
you know, many geographic language and logistical barriers, like preventing the right level of collaboration and communication between teams. And it's a often cited problem that data scientists are, you know, like one big risk of data science is solving the wrong problem, right? And, or, you know, sometimes as you, you know, as you translate business seeds into a KPI and then try to think about what data best represents that KPI and then translate it further into a data science problem, you know, multiple layers of translation ends up being like a game of telephone that uh, means uh, oftentimes the data science project becomes more of an academic exercise because they've built something that easy, easily wasn't fully, like, either, either wasn't fully aligned with the business goal or um, is something that's infeasible from an operational or an ex execution standpoint. And so this often happens when you don't have the right level of collaboration and uh, integration of teams. And certainly, you know, there's collaborative software tools out there that enable that. Uh, Spark Beyond, I think, is uh, quite good for the agility and trust side. Like, um, basically, the more you can automate, the more projects a data scientist can work on. The, the, to me, there's a new risk associated with data science management, data science projects that most um, standard business processes don't have, and I call that signal risk. And with signal risk, you know, you might be answering the right question, right? So you're fully aligned on that, and you know exactly how the implementation is going to work. But the big question with data science projects, and we'll include AI there, is do you have the right data to solve this problem, right? And so you might, despite everything being perfectly lined up, that, oh, the data just, you know, maybe, maybe the model gives you very little lift on top of what has already been done, or you just don't have the right variables, or you might have the right data, but you just don't have the ability to kind of munge it, clean it in a way that best solves the problem. This is what I call signal risk. And, you know, this is a big reason why oftentimes uh, a data science project, quote unquote, fails. And, and you know, and when, when dealing with risk, the, the best approach to risk management is to take a portfolio approach because, you know, some projects are going to exceed your expectations. Many are going to flop. And so the more you can do, you know, particularly in parallel, um, the, be the more likely a team is going to find success. And this is where the right research platform, the right tool set, and the right, you know, uh, like data science workbench is going to make a huge difference. Because if I can, you know, and for us, you know, we're, you know, we're not just a feature engineering platform, but that's probably what, you know, if you were to compare us to other platforms out there, I think that's what makes us the most unique. It's commonly understood that data scientists spend 80% of their time doing sort of a data munging feature engineering, right? And even my own experience, I could spend a month thinking about the features, coding them up, and then the actual model building phase, you know, algorithm selection is five lines of code, and just let it run overnight, and in the morning I have an answer. Um, and so like the real bottleneck is in coming up with the ideas on how to express the signal or how to find the signal and then coding it up, right? And so there's two bottlenecks there, my own creativity and then my own like limited uh, effort and time. Um, so if we can solve those problems with software, then that's you're, you're actually taking away the largest chunk of where data scientists spend their time. Um, and certainly if you can reduce five weeks down to a day, you increase the opportunity for agility. And so um, when we work with a client, a lot of what we're bringing to them is not just software, it's agility. 
Um, and if the and if the software isn't enough, we can help train them on how to actually think in a more agile fashion. Here at Aldus, we want to make the hiring process easier for all. Whether you're an employer or an aspiring employee, we have the service for you. For full-time work, Aldus will partner with you to find the best person for the position. Using both our network and our rigorous qualification process, we ensure that only the best talent is shortlisted. We will manage the process and work with you to select our most suitable candidate for your organization. We also offer excellent temp hiring services. At Aulis, we provide a great opportunity to help you and our candidate make the right choice. The contract period is one long interview for your full-time opening and the extended experience with our consultant helps you make the best decision. Aldous International is here to quickly help you find the best AI candidate. Our experts stay in close contact with our consultants throughout the duration of the contract, ensuring they have everything they need to get the job done. What are the biggest challenges you face when you engage with a new client who, depending on their industry and, and business model, um, you know, may have certain uh, restrictions on belief, ability? So how do you overcome that? What approach can you take that can help other people listening to, to help educate the, the external people? Yeah, I think this is a classic problem and one that I've dealt with my entire career, not just at Spark Beyond, but you know, even when I've worked at tech companies, um, I found that there are people who are just, people understand the hype of AI. They understand it's important. They understand that it's you know driving a lot of value at Google and the big cloud companies and Facebook, but they don't necessarily connect it to their exact business problem or their industry. You know, one thing as a, as, as a data science leader, it's often my job to be the evangelist and almost salesman for AI. Like, because I mean, it's self-preservation at stake because if I can't sell the opportunity, then there's really no need to pay my salary. Um, but, you know, what I found is, you know, first of all, you need to speak their language. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go to them and explain to them how truly amazing it is that uh, a neural net can classify a dog from a cat in a picture, right? Which is a very easy problem these days. I want to understand their business. Like what what KPI? Like what are you trying to drive? Like what are you trying to do? Um, when I understand their KPI, then I can think about, okay, well, is there a realistic opportunity to solve, improve this KPI with data? And for one thing, it's, you, you build a lot of credibility when you actually go to them and say, you know what, this is not a good use case for data science. And I've done this in prior jobs. Um, and we do this at Spark Beyond. We work with a client and they come to us and they say, well, I think we have data, but we have some data and here's the metric we wanna have. When we look at the data, we think about the metric, we think about the actionability of any particular model. And we say, you know, this is, this is not gonna work out. Like, so we actually don't think we should do business together, at least for this particular use case. Let's find, you know, maybe let's wait six months from now when you have different problems that, that are your focus. That builds a lot of credibility. So setting expectations, right? And then, you know, when you think about the KPI, be realistic and, and not promising that you're gonna double their KPI. But when you sort of forecast how you might change the KPI, it also can't be too small, so it's not worth investing in. So you need to find that sweet spot. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's like, you know, I think this is a big art that product managers do a lot as well. Um, and, but ultimately it's, it's, uh, one needs to find, try to find out the quick wins, right? So like, if you think about what is, um, when you work with a potential business partner to do data science use cases, 
first of all, one should try to identify multiple. Like don't just set your sights on one, because again, there's a always a high probability of failure for any one use case. So look at like build a landscape or you know, try to get a, a survey of all the different use cases that are available. Do a simple analysis of what's the feasibility, right? Like and feasibility would include implementation costs. Um, is the data actually available? And then just use your gut feel, like between you as the data scientist or expert in, in the AI side and the business partner who is the domain expert, you know, visualize, like if I had the perfect model, like what could the real potential be, right? And you put those against each other and then there's, you know, the left-hand side of the chart at the top, those are the, that's the proverbial low-hanging fruit. So start there. And with an agile approach, um, you know, where you're learning and, and kind of changing course as needed, you basically can prove out that, yes, there actually is potential for data-driven approaches. And part of that process, you know, there's the kind of the scoping side. But what you're really doing in, during throughout that process is developing a playbook and a muscle for executing on these types of projects. Because what people, well, often, oftentimes business leaders don't realize is that once you have the model and the, the data, the insights, and then the model, everything rests, like all impact and value rests upon your ability to execute and make these actionable. You spoke to me previously about the, the productivity paradox in mm -hmm. relation to maximizing the ROI on data science teams and projects. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on how you've managed to successfully grow and build teams several times over, mm -hmm. where a lot of organizations struggle to maximize the return on, on data science as a function. Uh, at this stage, I've you know been a manager and a, you know the incubator and sort of grower of uh, three teams at different startups. And, you know, I think every organization has its own unique properties and, you know, you often have to improvise according to specific organizational details, but there are some patterns. First and foremost, one needs to really do a good job of auditing exactly what the organization needs from a data perspective. Um, there's this... Uh, common chart that gets shown at conferences, and I'm guilty of doing this myself, it's uh, the data science hierarchy of needs. And, you know, it's uh, modeled after Maslow. And, you know, at the, at the base layer is essentially data and data infrastructure. And then there's BI, then there's machine learning, predictive analytics, and then there's like hardcore AI. And I, you know, both Frankly, when I when I was jobs hunting, I would work with uh, you know I would be interviewing for like VP of AI or VP of machine learning, and uh, I'm talking to the CTO or whoever is the hiring manager about the role, and I'm just okay, like I'm expecting to jump in there and start building neural networks and you know just really pushing deep learning, and then I found out that oh they actually don't have any data infrastructure, and so uh, you know that the parable there is that. You know, one needs to really like audit the organization in terms of what are their needs from a product operations business standpoint, and plus where are they within this data science hierarchy of needs, because that determines who you need to hire. If you don't even have data yet, then you probably shouldn't be hiring like, an AI expert. Right? You should be hiring three data engineers and maybe a general purpose data scientist who can help or design model what the data should be used for, which can inform the data engineering side. The other aspect is from the business needs, like you might find that 
you know, while the business is hiring for an AI expert, really they just need someone to build a logistic regression over one use case, right? And so um, you also might find that, uh, you know, certain businesses really have a lot of logistics um, and so like supply chain management. And, you know, that's, you know, they're not actually building machine learning problems. What they need is someone who is an operations research specialist who can do kind of like constrained optimization. And, um, you know, I found that most, uh, most data scientists don't know how to solve those types of problems. It's very specialized. Um, or a business might be dealing with complex kind of like economic questions like balancing supply and demand in marketplaces um, or needing to, you know, a lot of advertising companies don't necessarily need to do predictive modeling. They need to be able to do measurement, uh, like causal, causal statistics and measurement. And so, you know, there are areas of specialty within, you know, the entire umbrella of what we call data science that, you, know, you can't just generally assume every data scientist is trained in some of these uh, kind of more uh, uh, more deep uh, areas of focus. So it's important to understand exactly you know what the organization needs, right? And then you know once you once you have a good sense of you know, the type whether you need engineers or analysts or statisticians or economists, operations research specialists, right? You know, like that whole. Uh, through the whole spectrum, then you start writing job descriptions that, you know, fit the the need. I found though that sometimes it's good to just put data scientist on the job description because, you know, you you might say I'm looking for an OR specialist or a statistical researcher, and you get one application a week, and then as soon as you change it to data scientist, you get like 50. Um, so there's a sort of a marketing aspect to it, um, uh, and then from there it's. Um, you know, I, I like to crawl before walking and then running. And with that, I mean, as I was sort of mentioning before, like prove the value, of, like start with a small team, prove the value, get a few quick wins before going all in. Because data scientists are expensive. Hiring and onboarding is an expensive and time consuming process. So, you know, if you think you need 20 people, you don't want to do that naively, right? So start with five, you know, make sure you have the data infrastructure in place, um, do a quick wins, work, you know, build that muscle memory for the organization. And then when you're ready, just create a, create a process where you can hire at scale and sort of kind of amortize a lot of uh, the hiring and onboarding at once, and then, you know, distribute that team throughout the, the organization. I think that's a perfect ending to uh, what's been a really informative uh, interview. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Sure, that was fun. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus Advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to Aldus members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. 
Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.